0: Hey everybody, this is Coffee Chug. I want to welcome you to episode 39 of Living on the Edge of Chaos. It's hard to believe that we are almost to our 40th episode. In this one, I have a conversation with John Cole, the founder of Dexter Industries. And this is an amazing and very, very important podcast for all educators and students. In this episode, we talk about engineering Entrepreneurship, starting your business, things like that, but more importantly as as John explores kind of how he has gotten to the point to being a founder of Dexter Industries, we talk about the key skills and traits needed to be employable, the things that companies are looking for, and the things that 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 are missing in today's market as as companies are looking to hire this is a a very interesting, engaging, and powerful podcast, one that I think you'll you'll greatly enjoy. Take some time to listen to it, and as always, if you like it, make sure you subscribe, give a thumbs up, any reviews or stars on iTunes, all that stuff greatly, greatly helps. It takes a few seconds of your time to benefit this podcast. Without further ado, let's jump in to episode thirty-nine of Living on the Edge of Chaos Podcast, featuring John Cole. Hey, 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 hey. Woke up at six o'clock in the morning, chilling with coffee mugs, me and coffee chugs, talking education all across the nation, pushing boundaries, thinking innovation, era mauer, outside the box thinker, here to teach each and every teacher how to tinker, living on the edge of chaos, born insane, listening to coffee chugs like caffeine for the brain, one of the top teachers
1: in Iowa, word is born, here to show the world that there's more here than corn,
0: chaos. All right. Hello, everyone. This is Coffee Chug here with the, the next and the latest episode on Living on the Edge of Chaos podcast. And today I am here uh, with another amazing person and, and guest on the show, um, which I, I feel like I say every time, but it, um, I feel pretty lucky to, to speak with so many awesome people. Um, and in this chat today, we have um, John Cole, who has been super helpful with some of the projects, been with some of our students that we've been doing um, some work with. Um but I'm gonna let him introduce himself so so John one thanks for for taking time to uh, chat with me today Um, thanks for having me and and number two why don't we start off with we just basically um, who are you and uh, what do you do
1: yeah so uh, gave a great intro my name is John Cole and I'm an engineer and an entrepreneur Um, I founded most recently founded Dexter Industries which is a robotics company. We focus a lot on education. We have some other interesting solutions we do around like electronics and programming um, and how the two intersects. And um, I'm actually a trained chemical engineer. So mm-hmm. I'm a uh, self-taught electrical slash uh, computer science type. So um, I in my current uh, role as an entrepreneur and head of Dexter Industries, I wear a lot of different hats. I end up doing a lot of you know, programming and projects and uh, and circuit design uh, during the day, and sort of working with other engineers that that work for Dexter Industries. And I do a lot of uh, a lot of other interesting and less glamorous stuff as well, like <laughs> everything from our finance to uh, keeping up with customers to kind of doing research on stuff and uh, and writing articles. So I sort of uh, draw on a lot of different skills all day long.
0: That's awesome. So maybe my my first Thanks. question for you. Um just based on what you said right there, um, how did you go from chemical engineering background and focus to making your way to robotics and, you know, Dexter industries and then kind of getting that up and running? What, what was the progression of you went with chemical and, and now here you are with sensors and everything else happening?
1: Well, you know, it's, it's an interesting question. Um, I think, uh, for, for a lot of engineering, um, they have a lot of commonalities. So even if you study something like civil or mechanical, you're really focused on <clears throat> like, it's a, a, the phrase that uh, you sort of learn how to learn uh, right. and you sort of learn how to approach problems. You don't really, you, you do pick up some base skills and some um, uh, called cone or silo uh, uh, abilities. But uh, I think that they're what do you learn whenever you learn any sort of engineering discipline is transferable all over the place so um so i i I went to school for physics and chemistry and then i worked as a petroleum engineer so my first job right out of school was kind of adventurous i i went um and drilled oil for an oil company so Mm -hmm. fly offshore and work with big heavy machinery and do stuff that has worked more as a mechanical engineer than anything else i went back to school for for a master's in chemical engineering and did a few more things similar um did Alternative. I worked. I started an alternative fuels company with some friends in school, and um, we did like chemistry and chemical engineering there. But I, I was always kind of interested in programming and robotics, and it was a. Um, uh, I never considered it my job. It was just something fun for me to work on on this side, and. Uh, say 2008, 2009, a friend of mine, um, gave me a robotics kit, the Lego Mindstorms, and it's mm. second, I think it's had three generations now, so the second generation I got, and, um, that was just a lot of fun to program with, so I, I probably took the same path that a lot of your students do, or a lot of the folks that you work with, I started out doing some of the graphical programming, and then I found a way to hop into C, and then, um, immediately felt the need to like make some of my own sensors and do some of my own projects and so that made me learn some of the background in electrical engineering and from there I just kind of like snowballed I started to make some interesting uh products built a is I think our first um I wanted a pressure and a temperature sensor for my Lego Mindstorm mm. so I could log pressures and temperatures while I brewed beer <laughs> and then um and so There wasn't anybody really making such a thing. And then um, uh, people wanted to buy it. And the the company just sort of uh, evolved from there. So, and it got into um, much more focused on programming and design and uh, um, uh, did what a lot of people do, which is, you know, I had a problem. So I Google it and then I'd buy a book off Amazon and then I would learn something new and then um, repeat rinse and repeat over and over again <laughs> for the last, uh, seven
0: years now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I love it when you said, yeah, uh, so. you, ha- you had to learn how to learn. And I think that's, that's so important. And so as you've kind of progressed from job to job or idea to idea or interest to interest, uh, depending on your moment in time, it probably has a different word or terminology for it. What what are some of those skills you said you had to have those skills that kind of were, you know, as an engineer, they kind of transcend, you know. Whether you call calling yourself a chemical or mechanical, or you know, getting into even in, you know this engineering now with what robotics and, and that. What are what are some of those key skills that you think are are essential to have, no matter what you get into? Um, as you're as you're exploring, and the sure. reason that I that I asked that is, I think so many times, whether we're adults or kids or whoever we are, we think we have to have like there needs to be like this checklist of I got to have these ten things to do this one job. As opposed to understanding these kind of bigger, you know, all the, the sum of the parts are, are greater than the whole, so to speak, where these things, you, yeah. you can develop these skills. It doesn't matter what you're going into. You can be okay.
1: You know, it's a good question. I would actually kind of call it like um, almost like traits. So, mm. um, and it's, it's something that when we hire folks, we, we definitely look for, we try to find um, in people and, and the, the first two, and I think I'd say there are three, and they're all really learnable, which maybe goes against like um, people's common perception. The yeah. First one's creativity, and that's just your ability to sort of think through problems and see things in different ways, like see things see what's there, what's happening, whether it's you know a switch isn't working or a circuit isn't working or your car won't start or anything along that spectrum, and to say you know, think of to imagine in your mind different pathways. And that's what, when I say creativity, that's kind of what I mean. And I think you can draw, I think you can self train on that really well, um, by just having a variety of, of interests. Um, right. and so sort of see ideas like even last night, my wife dragged me out very late to an art gallery and there were just kind of interesting materials and interesting things that people were using that I know I kind of stashed in my brain. I, I, I like, I mentally engage it. I it kind of stashed in my brain and you know, someday I will, whether I'm helping design a packaging or whether I'm thinking through like a mechanical problem or something, I'll use those things in my mind. So I think that's kind of like the trait to learn. There is just an open, an openness to like different ideas rather than writing something off as unimportant to you right in the moment. Right. Um, there's, there's curiosity. And I think that that is, um, I think that's also like a learnable trait and that, is sort of the same thing, not to reject things that you just come across every day, um, to sort of try to actively in your mind, like stash them for later use. Um, and and maybe the third trait is, I've also read recently a lot about, um, is, is grit. So anytime that you approach a problem, whether it's just learning something new or it's trying to build something, um, it really just takes uh, – there, there's an iterative process. Like there are always going to be natural geniuses at one thing or another. And unfortunately, like I, certainly myself and most of us are just not a natural genius, especially in the things that we try to take on. Right. And so it's really um, like a lot of things. It's like choosing to want to do something or to accomplish something and, and then showing up every day to do it and sticking with it. And then flipping it over in your mind as you go to sleep or flipping it over in your mind as you you know driving to work. And, um, and, and, and showing up to try out those things that you tried and take notes and and do it over again. And I, I think that the, the, I mean, the the really great thing and the wonderful thing about engineering is like, those aren't, um, none of those are inherent tasks. Like some people are probably born with a a tendency to have all those three, like more than three, but they're really, I think, cultivated traits that you can constantly like on your own. So you, you sort of have a choice to do that. you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I liked that you were, you know, I like how you use the word traits in there, you know, and that grit goes back to even what you said earlier, something that, that I think makes more sense to, to people uh, because grit gets used all the time. It's definitely an education. It's a huge buzzword. Um, but earlier, you know, earlier you said that rinse and repeat and that's really what it is. The grit is just being able to try and try again. Um, and I know I was working on a just a, a Raspberry Pi project yesterday. I was trying to get develop my own little holiday ornament, Christmas tree, with LED lights. And I had one that would not yeah. turn on. And as simple um, as this project was, I spent more time on it trying to get this stinking light to work. And in the end, it was just one bad wire, you know, and I had to break it down piece by – I mean, I rebuilt it like three times going, okay – you're just a, you're just an idiot. And really in the end, it was one bad wire, yeah. but it was having that rinse and repeat, you know, okay, this isn't working. Yeah. Now what's the next step? Now what, you know, and finally I'm like, oh my gosh, when I found it, you know, I just wanted to, I should have done that right away. Um, and uh, so there's there's something to that um, with that great yeah, there, like there curiosity. And, and You know, you know I that. think
1: the thing is, you also take that experience and you essentially stash it and you'll see it again, right? So, yeah. I mean, the next time you're troubleshooting something, You'll have a more like a better lineup of things that you want to sort of look at, right? You'll be like, oh, you know, last time the wire broke. So it may not be the first thing you go to, but it's higher up on your your list of things. So that's sort of sort of an experience, piece, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. other thing that that's interesting that I think is important too for for a lot of people listening in or, or thinking about whatever kind of kind of job. And obviously, we're focused on like the STEM engineering because that's what I, what I love, but you know, these traits that you talk about, this creativity, curiosity and grit, you know, you didn't say you need to have a, you know, a bachelor's degree a master's degree in in X. I mean, having a foundational knowledge is is helpful, but you know, I think we're moving to a a society and and, and maybe I'm wrong in this a little bit where you you don't need to have like specific criteria in terms of like content anymore. Um, I mean, you have to have a, you, you got to know a little bit about what you're doing. I mean, you can't just walk into it blindly and say, yeah, I want to work here and I know nothing. You ha- but the, I think sometimes there's this mis- misconception that we have to finish here with the 4.0. And we have to go to a college and get a, a four year degree and then we have to get our master's and then, and then we can get a job, you know, but some of that, if you have that creativity, and uh, curiosity, you can self manifest your own learning and get there and you don't need to spend maybe, be $200,000 in student loan debt, you know, in order to get a job that you love and, and want to do every day.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. And I think that you, um, certainly, you know, I, I have, this is a self self aggrandizing thing to say, I guess, but there's, there's an advantage to being an amateur, right? Like the things you, so like, I think one of the reasons I was able to, uh, uh, do pretty well, um, in my role as like computer science slash electrical engineer was because I didn't walk in with like the assumptions of people that that taught me something I sort of did stumble a lot and I figured out that that stumbling was more productive than it felt in the moment. And so there's a there's a, almost an, an advantage to some degree to having an amateur mind and an amateur viewpoint on some of these things. So that that's not to say that to to have the background and to build up those like muscles of trying and failing and thinking critically and working through stuff, like that's the super important part. Right. And then to to take that and an and an amateur or an untrained eye to sort of new subjects, I think is where you see like really um, uh, really interesting innovation happening. So uh, mine's probably small, but you know, even if you look at some of the stories of like um, um, of of Steve Jobs, for example, where he sort of had a bunch of different traits, and he was able to look at things with a with an amateur eye, um, not necessarily an expert eye. Because a, along with that expert eye of uh, uh, you know going to get say a master's or a bachelor's or a PhD or something like that, you also inherit this um, um, uh, institutional knowledge or, or group knowledge of where people said this can't be done, so we're not going to do it. Right. right, so you so you so you do tend to shy away from maybe some challenges that in reality are probably doable just because people have said, eh, that looks too hard or that's probably not doable, so we're not gonna do it, and <clears throat> you may stumble harder, but you know you stumble your way up towards greatness or something really innovative right um, just by not having those preconceived notions of what what should be done and what shouldn't be done,
0: yeah, so. yeah, I love that, so. Another question that I have, and not to dwell on, on negative, that's not where I want to go, but as, as you are a founder of, of Dexter and you, you've seen these different things, you know, we talked about these traits and these skills. What is it, Do you, I mean, if you had to pick one, and maybe it's one we haven't even discussed, what is it that you see that's that's lacking maybe the most? And the reason that I, that I asked this is not to, to pick out the bad, but mm-hmm. I think so much, there's, there's so many teachers and parents and coaches and, and what have you working so hard to try to build these things, what we think kids need to have, at least be exposed to, um, yeah. you know? And so when we do get a chance to, to speak with people like you um, that are in the field, that, that are knee deep and, and, you know, trying to make a, a company thrive and still be innovative and, and all these, you know, and constantly push an envelope, what is it that you see that you're like, oh, man, we just, we need more of, of this like what is that that you hope that you would see more of um, not that it's not there but you know as, as we're working with these this next wave of kids yeah. and generation hey guys this is what you need to have
1: um I I think uh, so one of my favorite things to find is an engineer with writing writing skills mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so uh, not to stereotype engineers that much but often um, one of the most important things that you'll have to do as an engineer is, is, is not only come up with creative solutions, but also explain them um, in one way or the other. So that, that'll happen no matter what your role is, you will have to explain to somebody. You'll either have to explain it to your colleagues. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have the ability to sort of say, well, this is my idea, or this is what I did, and this is why it worked, and this is what, why it didn't work, um, then that will be a setback for you in your career at some point. So not having that ability to communicate. Um, even on, even if you say, "Well, I want to be," you know, a, a, a something really complex and technical, like a jet engine designer at uh, at Boeing or something like that, right? So, really, you're never going to talk to an average customer, or you're never going to talk to uh, an average person. It's going to be you and somebody else, right? Very similar to you with a similar background. <laughs> you still have to be able to communicate, and then. I think, um, to really, to really rise up in a lot of organizations, both myself and like looking at other peers that either I went to school with, maybe the more successful ones were the ones that could communicate to everybody. So Mm -hmm. to to be able to sort of like take technical stuff and then repackage it in a non-technical language or ability. So, and again, that's not like a, I'm, I'm being too specific on that skill. I guess the broader skill is to be able to like take, um, take a complex idea, simplify it and understand your audience and then communicate it to your audience. So I think that some of the ways that you learn that, um, are by simply like being, by simply being forced to write, um, or being forced to communicate. So whether it's taking part in creative projects, like making videos or taking part in creative projects, like writing, um, in a very creative sense, like writing a story or writing, um, an opinion piece or, or a newspaper or something like that, those sort of breed those abilities where that part of the brain you have to sit down and exercise where it's like, I have this complex thought, whether it's about something like political or creative or uh, engineering, and I have to explain it to the masses, or I have to explain it to somebody who's not like me and doesn't have the same assumptions. So then you think, okay, I got to think through what their assumptions and their background knowledge is. And and so, um, yeah, I think that, so so I, I think the, the newfound uh focus in STEM is great. And certainly this, those are people that we work with every day in our company. Um, I just urge people not to like abandon some of the, the the more core critical critical thinking or critical creativity skills like like language and, yeah. Uh, and writing. Yeah. 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 And, and and to students I would say like you should actively try to seek those out no matter what you want to go into. Um, because even if you don't have it at the beginning of your career, like to to climb up and do more in your later career, whether it's rise up to the executive suite of like presidents and vice presidents at a company, um, you will just need those things to communicate to other people.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. And that's a uh, it's something that just requires a lot of practice, and you know, almost kind of that that rinse repeat cycle we talked about. You know, we, you you've been uh, kind enough to work with some of my students on this cow or. For people that are listening and they don't know what that is, we're basically trying to create a GPS device for farmers in Nepal, back and forth. And right now, we're we're real close to getting it working. But what we're trying to do now is create an instruction manual um, without words, um, because not yeah. all farmers can read English, and we can't speak their language either. So, how do you instruct people to use yeah, this that device? A, you know,
1: and it's that's a perfect example. It's it's um,
0: twenty times thousand times harder than actually the coding that we've been spending hours and hours to try to get it to work yeah. flawlessly and now it's like okay so now we have to teach this holy cow that the brain the brain just oozes <laughs> right out of our ears okay so how, how do we do this and uh,
1: yeah but I, I guarantee <laughs> you come out a lot stronger in terms of communication abilities at the end that, that's, that's yeah. a fantastic example yeah. yeah
0: you know and I think that writing piece is huge because then it really forces you to challenge yourself on do I truly understand what I'm doing? Yeah, you know. Uh...
1: <laughs> so, I mean, even as a nitty-gritty, like if you're, for example, if you're really into coding and that's what you want to do, I try. I've since I've started to like write lines of code, not graphical code, but lines of code. I force myself to write a comment on each line, mm. but partly as a favor to my future self, so that like I or somebody else has to go back and rewrite something in the future, or you understand what it's doing. Um, but, uh, but also as like a, um, an exercise for myself in terms of, uh, explaining it because you you hear the term, like you, you never really understand something until you have to teach it. And that's sort of, that sort of discipline forces you to like teach it to whether it's another engineer, you know, you have to think of your audience, sort of the same thing. I repeat myself like, or like, or sound too repetitive there, (laughs) but you're sort of forced to think of the same thing where who would be reading this and, um. Uh, how would they interpret it? And so I think that's uncommon. I I, I force. I don't want to say I force. I strongly encourage all the engineers that work for me to do that. To do a line by line coding or or, or almost uh, commenting on their code um, helps them understand it better and helps. Certainly helps me or somebody else when we have to like dig through it.
0: Yeah. And understand. Yeah. It. I love that. That's something that's 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 good. Well, hey, I'd yeah. be uh, respectful of your time. I appreciate the chance uh, to talk with you here. Um, is there, I By guess pleasure. we'll, we'll end here with, is there, is there any kind of, I guess, lasting words of advice or, or, ideas that we didn't get to that you want to share or get out for, for people um, listening in for the kids or teachers or, or whoever, sure. um, that we didn't get to that you think you really want to bring out, uh, to, to the table here before we wrap up.
1: You know, we, we talked a little bit about, uh, hiring and skills in your, sort of ask what uh, what what's being taught or what's not being taught and what's being done and what's not being done. And it, it sort of jogs something in my mind. When I when I hire or when I, when I go out and look for engineering folks to work on our team or people to work with, um, I often skip over a lot of the critical parts that I think a lot of people think are really important of their resume. And so even things like what you studied in school or where you went to school, not to discourage that those are important because certainly – other institutions hire solely based on those. But I think the most interesting thing and the thing that I like to talk about in the interview the most are what projects you've done. Mm. So the um, to focus solely on your academics and not have a sort of a resume of projects, and th- this is would be advice geared more towards undergraduates, but I think at high school and even junior high level, you want to think about it because there are opportunities for you to do projects. So the cow pie project would be the perfect thing where we'd have a discussion about it. And I would get a lot more information about that person's like say interest and passion by the way they described it to me and they described their role and what they did in the, in the, in the group project than I would that they took CS 503 data structures or something like that because everybody takes CS 503 data structures partly and partly because like, you can take it and then it can slip right out of your ears after you walk out of it. Right. But if you do a project like cow Pie or first robotics or something like that. So it, you know, that may be a little bit longer range than, um, some of the folks that you, 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 interact with, but it's, I think it's something to encourage because, um, you know, uh, it, it's something that sort of distinguishes you and then gives you like, you know, uh, a way to, to, to show off that you are passionate about the subject and your interest in these things. Yeah. Um, I certainly, I feel like I've had more than more than ten or twenty conversations with uh, my peers about that, and also with other engineers that have been applying for jobs where they're like, yeah, I mean, I came in and all the guy wanted to do was talk about my first robotic experience, and that was like, you know, in high school, and now I'm just finished <laughs> grad school, and like that makes sense because they were, you know. So something really engaging and interesting, and demonstrates what's important
0: to you. Yeah, and that's I'm I'm so glad you brought that up because I know one of the things that I'm trying to push, and and I'm not alone in this, so it's not tooting my horn when I say that, but it's trying to get at at a middle school group to build. They have like a website. I'm trying to get them every time you do a project, you should be updating and post. Like even if it fails, like this this idea of building a portfolio. And what I tell them is, and what I'm trying to empower other people to do is you're showing your, your your growth pattern. Like you're really showing your grit. If you are a, a sixth grader and this is what you started with, something you turn the LED light on, document it. And now here we are doing this count. Comp- like who knows where you're going to be by the end of high school. You have this whole entire portfolio of all these things you've done. Um, because one of the things that I yeah. talk with with other engineering teachers at high schools in the area or in other states is the, the frustration that sometimes happens where these kids are earning Engineering scholarships because they're taking the science and computer science classes, but they've never actually set foot in an industrial tech lab or a woods lab or a mechanic lab. So they know the formulas, they can pass these paper tests, but they've never tangibly built anything with that. And so, are they, you know, and this is maybe a more philosophical thing. Like, can they really do anything with it? You know? And so why are these kids earning yeah. less? But then you have these other kids building cars and, and building computers and whatever else they're doing, not getting those scholarships because they're not taking the AP classes, the honors classes. And it's like, we have this conversation all the time, like who's more employable because, you know, and it's, sure, yeah. it, it's, it's all good. It's not to say one's better than the other, but this idea of you have to start to, you have to have a, a resume, a resume in the sense of, I've actually been doing stuff or, or attempting to do things, and here's where I'm at, as opposed to just like you said, here's my here's my classes, and you know, one day I hope to do something. Yeah,
1: <laughs> no, I think that, I think that's I think that's spot on, and I think that um, you know, it's an iterative process for the student too, because just some you know, it helps you find what you're what you are passionate about because you, you sort of dive dive deep on stuff. Um, um, and
0: I think that's important. Yeah, so. That's awesome. Well, well, thank you so much for your time. I want to be respectful of that. And uh, this has been great. This is a lot of helpful information for those listening in. And um, for those that are listening in, I'll be sure to put in the show notes um, a link to, John, your information and, and your website so people can check that out in case they haven't heard of Dexter Industries um, and just some of that stuff um, so people can go, go check that out because um, they got some amazing things and, not that he was looking for a, a plug, but uh, we use a lot of his materials and sensors in his company, and it's, it's really changed a lot of the thinking and learning for our kids. Um, and so, definitely I mean, that's, make sure. That's
1: fantastic to hear.
0: Yeah. Thanks. So, definitely make sure that that's linked in the show notes for people to check out. Um, so, thanks so much, John.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was a, uh, fantastic to talk about these things. I always love it.
0: Awesome. Thank you.